life is either an incredible adventure or it's nothing at all. My name is Rob Auchincloss, and this is the Holocene Podcast, where we seek knowledge from the most creative, adventurous, and bright among us. These individuals are storytellers, entrepreneurs, athletes, designers, and everything else in between. It is my job as the host to take what they have each learned in their own lives and codify their knowledge so that you can use their lessons in your own life. This episode of the Holocene Podcast is sponsored by the Holocene Magazine. Our first issue is available for pre-order now and features stories from around the world on the future of design, the realities of humanity, and adventures to truly wild places. Featuring editions from Chris Burkhardt, Alex Stroll, Wenceslas Wenyi, Richard Daney, Lauren Morris, Brian Collins, Petra Knapp, Misha Wilcoxon, and more. Each iteration also features recommendations on some of the best gear, tech, and accessories out now, as well as the best restaurants, hotels, and locations around the globe, all tested by our team. This publication will always be limited to the first run, and we're offering anyone listening to this right now 15% off if they use the code PODCAST at checkout. So, today is another quick AMA as hosted by myself, and I did something different this time. I decided to not only collect a couple questions from people that I don't know, people that I do know, but I also decided to compile the questions that I'm asked most often. It's very common in a social setting or on LinkedIn or in some other kind of operation or capacity that I'm asked just very basic questions that a lot of people are asked. So I decided to compile those FAQs and give brief answers for each. If you enjoy this kind of format and are interested in posing a question to myself or about Holocene overall, feel free to email it to us, send it to us on social, any way you want, and we will get it in the next AMA. We try to aim to do about two to three AMAs a year, um, and I hope you all enjoy this episode. So, for FAQs, what do you do? Well, I personally really struggle with this question. And I've never really liked this question because I think that most of society over-indexes what we do for a living rather than what we do for ourselves and the world as a whole. And I truly believe that it's not really important what you do. It's only really important if you're happy deep down. And so... When I'm asked this question, if I like the person asking the question, I usually respond by saying, I use design to solve complex problems. And the second follow-on to that is that I run a studio called Afocal that helps grow and scale startups, whether it's consumer goods or services or new technologies everywhere in different spaces and verticals from aerospace to climate tech, to just new crazy things. I, I love working on cool shit with cool people. And that's basically what I do every single day. And Holocene, this existence, this podcast, the upcoming magazine, all was born out of this desire for more. I love the idea of being able to ask people that I've always looked up to questions about their life and where they want to go and what their ambitions are and what truly makes them tick. And so all of that 
and what I do, a focal Holocene, other nascent new companies I'm trying to launch alongside them. It's all about creating value for everyone. I want to create technologies and products and services that help people live better lives and have a hell of a lot of fun along the way doing it. And that's what I've spent years doing, smashing my head into a wall, continually saying no to any opportunity that wasn't helping me on this path. And there are many naysayers, including some of my own friends and family members that basically told me that it was never going to work and I should just settle down into a corporate job. But I just kept pushing and smashing my head into this wall. And now a few years into it, it's finally beginning to bear fruit. But um, I, I wouldn't trade what I do now for anything else. And I'm stoked. Um, so if you're someone that's creative or is turned on by this idea um, of just making cool shit with cool people and you believe that you can help um, add to this, feel free to reach out to me directly um, at any of the emails you see online or at the bottom of this podcast uh, or on social and I will happily um, integrate you into what we're doing now. Um, I never say no to any application. Um, I never say no to talking to anyone else that could potentially help. Um, and I just want to grow the companies I help inspire as large as possible. And with that is uh, paying people well, treating people well. Uh, I'm a big believer in having lots of time off and understanding that you become more productive the more rest you have. So I'm really trying to build a place that resembles and, and keeps in mind all of these things. Um, so... Why did I decide to start the podcast in the magazine? Um, I get this question a lot. So I, I think I already hit on the podcast point. Mainly, I just want to be able to ask my friends questions that I've never been able to ask them before. Um, but also, it, it became a great marketing and networking tool. Um, there are certain people that I always looked up to um, that I had never really had the chance to talk to. And the podcast became a catalyst to be able to not only have a very in-depth conversation with them, but I've become friends with almost every single person I've had on the podcast. Um, and they've all afforded more opportunities for me and the team. And in return, I try to help them if I can. And I love that cyclical nature of the podcast. And the magazine was actually born out of a newsletter that I used to do weekly called the Holocene Newsletter. Um, and it was a collection of stories and things I'd read and products I've used and ideas and thoughts and process. And it was just too frequent. Um, I think that the modern individual is overcome and overburdened by email newsletters. Um, and I truly believe that there is something beautiful about having something in print only that is done for the sake of doing it. Um, and that features stories from people that I look up to and people that I disagree with and people that I agree with and just all about the human experience. And so issue one, um, has a lot of focus on the natural world and the importance of it, um, but also a lot of focus on finding yourself and integrating that love and desire with the natural world around you. Um, and I'm super stoked in how it's turning out. We're putting in the final, like final touches on it this week right now, actually, early November. Um, it's going to press soon. And it's been very time-consuming and very expensive, and I don't know if it'll ever break even, but it's something that I hope will. 
uh, only because I plan on taking any of the profits, so to speak, from this and putting it back into being able to make cooler content and expand it out to people that might not be able to afford it and continue to just make cool things. Um, that's that's it. And also, like the cost of the magazine isn't cheap to print because we're using uh, a carbon neutral printer. Um, and they basically source all the paper from, from forests that are literally planted for paper consumption and then replanted. Um, and everything from start to finish is as least impactful as something paper being printed in 2022 can be. And that's the only way we wanted to do it. Um, we're working now looking at different sustainable ways to ship it. Um, and obviously we'll be carbon offsetting everything as part of the business. So, um, which is, you know, some it's, it's that, that has a long way to go in itself, but that's topic for another day. Um, so yeah, just know that we're spending a lot of time on it. We cannot wait to show you in its entirety and we look forward to making this a recurring thing. And I think it's something that I really look forward to spending a ton of time on in the future. Um, next question. Why do you travel so much? Um, so I love travel. Uh, I love travel, I think, more than the average person. Um, I think everyone actually loves to travel once they get out and do it. I think the limiting factor is usually time and money, uh, which are heavily relinked. Um, for me, I made a conscious decision about uh, three or four years ago to start traveling more. There are just places I wanted to see and time I wanted to go, and I was okay with spending more money on that because at the time I was trying to scale a company and trying to meet people all around the globe and especially this country. And I was just expensing the flights, uh, through my own business. So it was taking away from my own profits, but it was also helping me really expand. And at first I thought it was dumb. And then once I started seeing the returns of the connections I was making and those turning into actual work, I started to realize the power of it. And then I basically decided to start adding on some of my free and own personal time uh, on the beginning or end uh, of each trip um, or in between and started to really kind of expand my presence in this world. Um, and then about middle of 2021, end of April, I basically gave up my apartment full time, kept an address for tax purposes uh, up in Seattle and uh, um, basically kept like minimal residence up there, but decided to travel mostly full time internationally. Um, and in that time I've gone to, uh, two and a half dozen countries. I've tried new things and met new interesting people and kind of lived that life that I always thought would be fascinating to live in which I, you know, work out of a hotel or a car or a tent and just immerse myself in new cultures. Um, and it's been one of the most incredible experiences of my entire life. Um, and I decided that, um, you know, I'm moving back into a bigger place in Seattle at the end of this year to spend more time there, be a bit more planted, um, really stoked about that. And, um, you know, just, just kind of going to focus my time on very efficient trips when they're required for work um, and different projects, but still making sure I spend time to go to places that really inspire me. And beyond that, also spending a lot of time with... Um, the people I love and care about. Uh, my family is between Boston and New York. Uh, my girlfriend's in New York. Um, so I, I do kind of move around quite a bit. 
Um, and I think the part B of this question was how do you afford business first class always? If any of you follow me on social media, you will see that occasionally I'll post photos uh, or do mini reviews of different seats or experiences. Um, I think I probably pay for 5% of the seats in which I'm in first or business class. I'm usually utilizing upgrades or points. Um, so I am Diamond on Delta and 1K on United, which are basically the highest non-invite only tiers of each of the status programs. And they afford me the ability to be upgraded complimentary very often. Um, and if when I'm not, I am given a certain number of upgrades and this is a vast oversimplification. I'm happy to dive into this another time um, if the questions asked or more specific questions, but overall, um, and I think it will be, I'm relaunching my YouTube channel and I'm gonna make a few videos about this because um, I do think it is important and something that people ask me a lot of questions on, but long story short, I spend a lot less money than people realize. It's actually very easy to get upgrades and fly internationally in business class. Um, you just have to be willing to, um, join the right programs, fly the right airlines, occasionally spend slightly more money over the long term in order to get on the short term a lot more um, upgrades and better experiences. Um, so I did the math in terms of like how much money I spend on travel and economy plus using points and random upgrades and status to get there or just buying the tickets outright and it's like 70% off is what I save. Um, and you know what, like, I don't always have to be in first class, especially domestic. I enjoy the more space. I could care less about the food. Um, I could care less about getting the plane early, uh, or like being in the front of the plane. My big thing is like having the space, having the personal space, um, having the attention of the flight attendant when you need something or want something. Um, but internationally having that space on a longer flight, especially the longer ones, like tomorrow I have a 14 hour flight to, to Tokyo, um, and having the ability to lie down. I think is is something that's huge, especially on an overnight flight that I will always spend the money for um, because it's amazing, especially if you have only a few days in a foreign country. It's amazing how much better the trip is when you come in refreshed and enjoy the flight in and the flight out. Um, it's, it's huge. Um, what is the meaning of life? Um, so... I spent a lot of time thinking about this and um, I align myself with Naval and his thoughts on this. And he basically states that uh, the meaning of life is to do something for the sake of doing it. And I really believe in that. I believe in, and I love the fleeting nature and the idea of life. I believe I only have one shot at this thing called life and I want to maximize it and do everything and every single moment to enjoy myself and have the most amount of utility. And that's why this magazine is print only and will only be printed in its first kind of wave um, because I just believe in that process and that innate value that something happens and then it's gone. Um, and I love that. And so for me, if you're not spending time doing things that you absolutely want to do, and they could be the most useless, pointless things that don't have any further utility than themselves, um, then that's, that's a very blessed life. Um, and a lot of people don't get to live that. So if you have that ability, um, then do it. And if you have the ability but don't want to, then I recommend searching deep on figuring out what you really want. Um, and sometimes that thing that you want could be material. Sometimes it could be an experience. Sometimes it could be another human being. Um, but 
as long as in every moment you are happy with what is, you know, existing and happy with what things have become, then that's all that really matters at the end of the day. But I'm sure my mind will change over time, especially when I begin to consider having, you know, children or other fun things. Um, this is a question from a friend of mine. Um, what have you taken from Sigma Chi Horizons leadership training and directly implemented into your personal and also professional life? Um, so this involves a little bit of background. So I, I'm a member of the Sigma Chi fraternity. I rushed and pledged, um, and was initiated, uh, in the spring of 2013. So running up on my 10 year anniversary, um, people have many different connotations of fraternities. Um, and some are good. Most are bad. Um, but, I had a fantastic fraternal experience at my alma mater, um, and it really gave me the space to challenge my perceived notions of what it meant to give service to your community and understand who you are as a person. Um, and it's been one of the most incredible experiences of my entire life. And I became heavily involved with a lot of the programs that my fraternity offers after graduation uh, as a volunteer. Um, and one of the programs that's offered to undergrads is called Horizons, where basically the fraternity, through generous grants of different alumni, flies out a certain number of individuals um, to this weekly program up in Snowbird, Utah. Um, and it's a week-long, immersive leadership experience retreat in the mountains. And I've always heard good things about it. I never had a chance to do it when I was an undergrad, but as an highly evolved alumni, I actually got invited to become a facilitator for it um, and did the training at the end of September, uh, about a month ago. And it blew me away. It, it really helped me recatalyze my desire to build more. It helped me really realign my desires in life and what I want to achieve. And it really gave me a deeper appreciation for this group of individuals that I call my family away from my family. Uh, that is the Sigma Chi fraternity. Um, it's something that most people listening to this will probably never understand. Um, but you know, it's, it's my church in a way, not in a religious aspect, but the community that, that has been, that, that I found in it. And it's given me so, so much, and all I want to do is spend time to, to help continue to further the legacy that allowed me and gave me the space that I was allotted to become who I am. And uh, yeah, there would be no Holocene magazine, there would be no Afocal, there would be no what I'm doing right now without um, these experiences. So um, in terms of directly answering his questions, you know, that training process really helped me dig deep and reflect and realize on one main thing. I think if I had one takeaway from that experience is that sometimes, and I'm a blaster as my sister refers to me affectionately as, um, I have a tendency to blast other people and not be as reflective or understanding of sometimes how my demeanor and leadership style or working style can come across to other people. And um, through behavioral analysis, I was able to spend more time understanding how I can not only work better with other people, but also be better able to help other people. Um, and I think that's a really important lesson that I'm glad I'm learning at this age um, that has already paid massive, massive dividends in just the past month alone in uh, my own personal life. So um, 
if any of you out there have the opportunity and are at the age where you can still rush fraternity, could not recommend Sigma Chi more. Um, if you'd like to find out more information about Sigma Chi overall as someone that's past college age, um, there are still many other opportunities and, and taking a lot of this, I, I know they're spending a lot of time now taking a lot of these uh, leadership type training workshops and um, making them accessible and available to organizations and other individuals that aren't members of the fraternity. And I think that's going to be really huge um, and really allow for more people to experience and understand what this is about. Um, I don't think many fraternities are going to be around 10, 15 years from now. Um, I really hope Sid Mackay is because they are really doing the most, honestly, of, of any other fraternity out there to kind of separate themselves and, and do the best thing and do the best they can possible to to continue this, this legacy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure half of you right now think I'm, um, you know, it's like some religious guy peddling their religion, but look, I mean, I, I support anything and everyone. And I really want, um, that came out wrong. I support anyone's opinion in believing in whether something else is worth the time or worth the value or not. Um, I believe this is worth value. Some of my closest friends don't understand it. Um, but one day I hope that they understand how much it means to me. Um, and I think that's all that really matters at the end of the day. Um, another question was, uh, what is something that brings you a lot of joy that's not material item related? Um, so the normal cop out would be travel, but I consider like the f buying the flights and the hotels and the gear I use and, and, and things like that, that, um, is material item related. Um, and it's a cop out answer for me. So I'm going to, I'm going to say two things. Um, walks, I go on a lot of long walks. I probably walk 10 to 15 miles a day, wherever I am, whether it's in a thick city or the middle of the jungle. Um, I love going on walks. Um, my girlfriend recently challenged me to do more walks where I spend part of the time without headphones in, without touching my phone. Um, and I really love that. Um, but I usually use walks as a way to not only get some basic exercise, um, some movement in, um, on top of my normal exercise regimen. Um, but it, it just helps me process thoughts. It keeps my mind moving. Um, I take a lot of calls. I move through a lot of, uh, pointless to do's things that I don't really look forward to doing. Like maybe it's, you know, talking to Verizon about, you know, some dumb charge they put on my profile or calling Delta to change a flight, stuff like that. But also I take meetings. I, I think and do deep research. I get some thoughts done and I, it is like happy, productive time. Um, and I look forward to it every single morning and I do it almost every single morning. Um, and the second thing there is meditation. Like I've, I've really gone deep, deep, deep in my meditation practice in the past few years. Um, and that is something that is a free lunch. I mentioned before on the podcast numerous times, um, anyone can do it anywhere. Um, there is a very high barrier to entry, uh, in terms of a time perspective, um, and kind of quoting off of, uh, Naval again, most people struggle to meditate and struggle at first because they think that they need to have this clear mind, but you know, you're not trying to get peace of mind. You're trying to get peace from mind. And so you're going to spend a lot of time plowing through thoughts and ideas that you've probably been pushing off for a little bit or a long time or forever. Um, and until you process those thoughts and, and, and live through them, um, and, and deal with them, you're not going to be able to, um, find that peace. Um, and some days will be 58 minutes of hell and chaos and two minutes of peace. And some days will be the opposite. Um, but 
as you process thoughts, you build pathways in your mind for your mind to process these similar thoughts. And you give yourself that space to really think deeply about what's next. Um, and no one's perfect. And you'll have bad days and bad weeks and bad months um, and bad years. Um, but meditation really always helps reground me um, and always has. Uh, and it's coming from someone who has severe ADHD uh, on the autism spectrum with OCD. Um, and these are all things that I compensate with meditation and exercise and uh, just living. Um, I refuse medication of any kind for these uh, individual pursuits. Um, but it's, it's, kept me, it's kept me going and it's kept me grounded. And um, I'm really thankful for the people that have pushed me and kind of push and helping me push myself deeper um, on this path. Um, so uh, that concludes this, you know, quick little AMA. Uh, I'm a big believer in something should be as long as it is. I hope you all gain value from this. If not, I hope you skip this episode long before this point in time. And I hope you tune in soon. Uh, as always, uh, if you think someone should be on the podcast or want to be on the podcast yourself, um, send me an email or DM me or any way you think works best. Uh, I'm always open to considering new people. And if you'd like to find me or learn more about me and Holocene or Afocal or anything else, uh, I am online always at Rob Auchincloss. And thank you very much for tuning in to today's episode.